Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows, along with no interest for five years, plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is a podcast called 25 Whistles, talking football, and they all wear a whistle. Yeah, it's stupid, but what did you expect? It's a podcast. I was logging into my DraftKings, and the problem with being secure with your passwords is you have a different one for every account, and then you have to remember every one with every account. That's why you use the same one. No, but that's not why you use the same one, because then you get hacked, and then they have access to everything. Yeah, right? good point. Good point. So I had to like go back, and I leave little clues for myself through my email hidden, like the first part of the password. <laughs> So you don't know what it is. Well, ever. no, I do. I can eventually track it back, but it's like a, I go on a scavenger hunt every time I lose a password because I've got them hidden in different emails, and then I find it all together. That's so complicated. You know what's less complicated? Getting, having, yeah, having someone not steal your identity sure, or steal your money. I get that. That's what I'm saying. Welcome, everybody, to 25 Whistles, and the show is presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings app and use the code BOBBYSPORTS. To get in on the action, you never know what surprise you can get if you put in the code Bobby Sports. Uh, usually we go and we do the warm up, but I do want to hit a few stories first. Uh, kick off Kevin's here. Hey, let's talk about the Cowboys and the Cowboys offensive line, Kevin, because it was it's not a good day as far as uh, Tyron Smith out until at least December. I read that his leg muscle is basically ripped off the bone. Oh, Eddie and I were talking about this a minute ago. It's brutal. And that Eddie said he's going to miss a couple weeks. That's what I first heard. That's what they said at the beginning. It was like, oh, it's bad. He may, he may miss a few games at the beginning of the season. Now it's much, much worse. It's until Christmas probably at it's least. not good. At least, yeah. And I have Madden 23, and he's my be- I have the Cowboys. I took the Cowboys as my team. I hate the Cowboys, but I have the Cowboys. That's not real. As my franchise team. Hold on a minute. I'm going to tell you a little <laughs> something here. He's my best player on my team. And so he also got hurt yesterday in our league. He got hurt. Really? Art imitates Art life. In the it's game? Life. Yeah. Yes. Weird. And so he's out, but he's only out for four weeks. So I was thinking about you and how I'm going to trade him in four weeks off my franchise team. Are you? And I also moved him from Dallas to Oklahoma City, and I changed him from the Cowboys to the Bison. <laughs> so why did you even pick the Cowboys? It's ridiculous. And I traded Dak immediately for Kyler Murray. Oh. And Kyler Murray's second round pick. And then I traded Zeke, and I took the... Uh, one of the rookies, maybe Bryce Hall. I forget who, but I was like, Zeke sucks. So <laughs> I wish we could do He's that done. in real life. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That, so that's what's up. Tony Pollard will take over. Um, so the Cowboys are hurting. Uh, Chet Holmgren, uh, as far as basketball goes, 
out the whole basketball season now. He's playing in a pro-am game, and LeBron kind of halfway late. But it wasn't even that. It was a LeBron play, and Chet was trying to guard him, and he came down on his foot, and you see him pick up and limp running back down the court, and now he's out for a whole year. Oh, man. And then I have to hear Eddie go, I told you he was skinny. Well, nobody said he wasn't skinny. <laughs> and it's I, a foot. What I said <laughs> is that, you know, I was worried about him going to the NBA anyway because he's very skinny. But you don't think there have been 10,000 people look at his body. There have been doctors. There have been trainers. Yeah. There have been people. And go, but you, you. Who knows nothing. Who knows nothing. About nothing. Yeah. Think that he's too small for the NBA. Kevin Durant. Yeah. And Eddie's like. Well, but look, but he's not a center. You can do that Holmgren's with everyone. Not a center. You can do that like any, there's, there are definitely people that have defied the odds or whatever, but I mean, Kevin Durant is a different beast. Holgren, same, uh, different beast. Even a differenter. <laughs> Maybe. Even differenter. Hey, and now we're going to have to wait a year to find out. Uh, finally, a quick other story. Uh, Tom Brady did not go to do the mass Singer. He went to an island with his family. I don't know what happened. Personal That's stuff. confirmed? Yeah. But if he did, who cares? It's Tom Brady. Yeah. I don't give a crap. He wants to take 12, 13, 14 days off to do the mass Singer during camp, the greatest quarterback of all time. He, that's okay. It's different if it's Zach Wilson. Yeah. That's you as a fan, right? No, but, that's but, me but as— But if you were a teammate, would you feel the same way? If it's Tom Brady, it doesn't matter. He's the greatest of all time. Oh. He doesn't need to be there for early camp. He's not playing anyway. Yeah. So I'm, I'm good with— him doing whatever he needs to do. You think I, he? You think he've uh, heard about Aaron Rodgers' uh, ayahuasca tea and like wanted to go to an island and get some of that stuff? I think he probably. Who knows why? It's probably something sad, right? Yeah. That's what I was thinking. It's probably but, something sad, right? Personal reasons. Probably yes. something sad, and he'll go handle it. But if he wanted to take eleven days off to play the Tiddlywinks Championship, yeah. if there's one player that deserves it, it's Tom Brady. He's the only player. Yes. Absolutely. All right, let's do warm ups here real quick. Uh, we'll go around the room. You can tell me your favorite flavor of ice cream and then answer the question, okay? Love it. Your name, which I guess I'm going to say to get to you, but you can say it again anyway. Yeah. Favorite flavor of ice cream and then answer the question. The question is, how far can you throw a football? All right, let's go to kickoff Kevin. Uh, kickoff Kevin, probably about maybe like 45 yards. Mm. So not pretty, too far, but not too No, nah, that's pretty know? good. Yeah. That's pretty good. It's pretty good. Maybe like 40 to 45, I would say. Okay. And your favorite ice cream? Oh, chocolate. Chocolate everything. Okay. Let's go to our producer, Mike D. Go ahead, Mike. Mike D. Probably cookies and cream, and I could probably throw the football from me to you right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's like 10 Through yards. Through the wall? That's amazing. <laughs> Through the wall. <laughs> That's Through the funny. glass? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mike, though, as much as he's like, oh, I can't throw a football. What do you run a day? Eight miles. If Yikes. it's a day where That's you're running crazy. a little more than normal. I'll do a half marathon. He'll go out or, and do yeah. 13 or something. So just, just like Sundays in the morning. Just normal. Like, He's like, what? yeah, well, hey, a uh, pretty moderate day of exercise. And he posts his map, 14 miles of running. <laughs> crazy. Yes. So he's like, I can't throw a football, but he can run a half marathon <laughs> on like a Tuesday. I have really good endurance. Yeah. No thanks. Adam. Uh, I can throw a football about eight miles. No, that's sorry. Um, I'm going to do, I, I got to go 45 yards. That's, that's the number that popped in my head when you said the question. Um, I'm going to go with that. Chocolate ice cream, just like regular cheap uh, grocery store chocolate ice cream. I used to have my granddad. That's my jam. Uh, I'm going to go. Uh, I'm probably going to throw it about 20 because I know my arm's going to hurt real bad. It will. If I throw it 40 or more. Just oh, be- you're being proactive. So you're yeah. not going to hurt yourself. It's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I going to chuck it? For you stupid idiots? <laughs> For a bit on this show? That's yeah. Funny. I throw it about 20 and then my arm won't hurt the next day and nobody cares anymore. We show up in a sling. Yeah, we moved, we moved away. I like the ice cream when we go to the ice cream place, my wife and I, that's the has the most color, the most pop to it. So the rainbow sometimes, flavor well, one? no, sometimes it's cotton candy. Oh. Because it's like 
electric blue. Yeah, yeah, that one's cool. <laughs> but you guys have to understand, I'm colorblind, so when I do get to see colors vividly, I need it in my mouth, whatever it is. Interesting. So, that if I'm blind, if I'm blindfolded, probably a solid, like a, a salty caramel. If I'm blinded. Fancy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But I always go for like the electric yellow, blue, anything that's super color poppy. Uh, so, and six foot one, one seventy. All right, Eddie. Okay, okay, Are we not right, doing that again? Right, now we, we've skipped right, Eddie, that part. second warm-up question. Uh, yeah. So I one. could probably chunk a football around forty yards. Definitely would hurt my arm, but I would probably get about forty yards. I've done this while I'm walking the dog. I kind of act like I'm throwing the football and kind of pick a mailbox and be like, "Yeah, I can get it there." Forty yards. I don't know that you could. Oh, I could easily. And, I'm and hit a mailbox. My no, 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 no. I, I don't mean hit the actual mailbox, but I kind of measure it by like. Houses. I can probably throw about four houses, assuming that every house is about ten yards. What's your What's your max? If you If you gave it your all, forty. That's my your max. max is forty. Oh, absolutely! I can't hit forty five like Kevin. You kidding me? No, Kevin you're was a quarterback like, in college. But you're acting like forty and forty five <laughs> is some huge difference. I would think five, if you could, it is a oh yeah. When you're maxing out, five yards is a huge difference. No, no, I hear you, but you're like yeah, forty, no problem. Forty five, <laughs> no way. Okay, if, if you were like if I've really extended myself for forty, and I said forty five, you go no, I just extended myself. I see what you're saying. So on average, I'd probably be about thirty five. Okay, easy. Forty would be my max. Forty five, you're crazy. Okay, so you can throw. You can. The question was how far can forty? Forty yards. And my favorite ice cream, Rocky Road, baby. Kevin, you were a quarterback? I thought you'd be like no, a defensive lineman. I played or tight end. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> this whole time I played quarterback. Thing. I played quarterback in third grade. Does that count? Yeah. That does count. I did okay. too. Okay, yeah. I, well, I stopped in sixth. <laughs> yeah. In sixth grade, I moved over to a receiver, uh, kind of slot, you know, high motor guy. There you go. Sneaky athletic. There How you could go. you remember those plays? That's the hardest part, isn't it? At what? At being a quarterback, remembering every single play. In sixth grade, we didn't have Belichick's yeah. playbook, bro. Yeah, right. You had about four plays. But power, still toss, yeah. Dive. That's exactly it. <laughs> Sweep. Yeah. You knew yeah. the holes, A, B, C, D. Exactly. That's it. Uh, final question around the room. Do we like hats backward for adult men? What's the cutoff age if not? Eddie, I'll go to you. Yeah, immediately I'm looking at Adam Hambrick. You look silly. I feel like this is pointed. You it wasn't. Silly. I actually wrote it last night. I asked Mike, didn't I? He did. I wrote it last wow. night and sent it to Mike. That's yeah. fair. Yeah, go ahead, you're, Eddie. You're a grown man, Adam Hambrick. You look silly. The cut Turn off. that hat around. What's the, what's the cutoff, Eddie? Oh, I would say 30. Okay. I'd say 30. I mean, 30, you're already kind of getting older, but that's the age where you need to be wearing your hat straight. Well, Adam, you can respond. Adult men, uh, backward hats. Obviously, cut. for you, it's yes because you have it on. Cutoff's 37 years old. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just wear it like this because... It was just easier with the headphones because I always like bump the mic, and so thanks, Eddie. I do like this occasionally. Uh, your brim mostly, should not bump the mic unless you're like trying to. Are you talking with your nose? Yeah, that's, yeah, sure. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. No, that's an excuse. Uh, it probably is. I wear I wear it straight most of the time. I wear it straight up, but I don't really have any opinion about about the way people wear their hats. This is America. You can wear it however you want. That's to. true. But Thank I asked for an opinion, right. so you have to have one even if you don't. That's yeah. the first I, rule of have doing any sort of American sort of everything. Everything. Listen, yeah. Bobby, don't don't tread on my hat. Okay, Kevin. Um, I would say cutoff would be like thirty-five ish. I never really thought about that, but yeah, I'd say it's about thirty-five. So I got about four years left. Mike, what do you think? Backward hats for adult men? I say Adam has another three years. Cutoff is forty. Let's go. Forty. I'm okay with that. I'm okay yeah. if the, wearing the hat if like the wind is going to blow it off your head if the yeah. bill is forward. That's different. You can be sixty and do that. It's breezy. Amen. But if I see somebody driving in a jeep and their hat's backward, I'm like, not a douche. A Jeep. There you right? go. You True. have to like Absolutely. assign different. Re- but I wouldn't just walk around with a backward hat. Yeah. I might flip it around if I'm going to run. 
or for playing flag football, or that time that I did a commercial with Brett Favre out in the yard throwing the ball around in the mud. A Wranglers. Wranglers? Yeah, yeah. Remember that? <laughs> no. Yeah. You were not in that I wasn't in that commercial? No. It felt like a man. It felt like family all playing that game. <laughs> Dang. All right, let's go over to kickoff, Kevin, with the five-question tittle-tattle. What you got first, Kevin? All right, number one, Quinn Ewers was officially named the starter for Texas this past week in a year where a lot of people are saying that the Big 12 is down. Do you think Ewers has what it takes to bring Texas back to a Big 12 championship? And remember, if you guys disagree, you blow the whistle and we'll come right. to you. Uh, yeah, of course, because there's only two teams that could probably win that thing, and it's Texas and Oklahoma, and I don't know how good he's going to be. I know because he's a Dallas kid. He played high school ball in Dallas, right? I mean, that's he was awesome. He's a five-star kid. He went to Ohio State. All that happened, but I don't know how he's going to be in college. They do. I knew he was going to start because he's not going to transfer down and not start. They did the whole charade with Sark where it's like, I don't know who the starter is until now, basically. Mm-hmm. So, But, yeah, I think Texas can absolutely win the Big 12. I think Oklahoma's probably a little bit better. But, yes, my answer is yes, of course. I, I wonder how good he's going to be. His hair is pretty awesome, though. Yeah, he's got it's cool not hair. even just a mullet. Like, his mullet has side mullets. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's more than just, like, short on top and mullet in the back. It's almost like Fabio, but it's just a little more mullety than Fabio. Because mm-hmm. it's a little curly, too. Yeah, and it's like, it's got body. Yeah, man. It's good hair. It's got body. For sure. So the answer is yes, I do think Texas can actually win the Big 12. All right, next. All right, going back to 2016, the Baltimore Ravens have won 22 straight preseason games. Is this the most pointless win streak of all time or the most underrated win streak of all time? I think it's very underrated because why else would we ever talk about wins or losses in preseason? What a streak, though. In anything, any game, preseason or not, What's funny is, it's like me, I'll go back to Madden, I'll start my starters every preseason game. They take their starters out. <laughs> that's what you see Harbaugh doing, putting all those starters in so the streak never ends against all the scrubs. Yeah. And that's not what he does, but I, I think it's pretty awesome because I actually turned on a Ravens game and watched, honestly, six plays, seven plays before I changed it. But I was like, I want to see if they're winning. And I thought that was pretty cool because I, I normally give no craps. Have you guys watched any preseason at all, Adam? Uh, yeah, I watched the Cowboys and the Titans last week. Eddie? Um, first half. Yep, both. Cowboys and Titans. I watched both of those Kevin? games. Yeah, I watched the full Patriots game last week, and I watched about a half of this Ravens game, and it was a good game. The only thing that I just kind of caution myself on in watching preseason is as I see people doing well, and I'm like, oh, drafting them for fantasy. And then it ruins everything because oh, yeah. I watch yeah. them like catch four passes for 61 yards against the high school team. And then and they I'm, get cut. I'm not like, that dude's awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's like watching uh, Hard Knocks, and I'm like, I'm drafting 7-11. Right. You know that? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so then I do, and he doesn't even, and I'm like, I'm dialing, seventh round, I'm going to get him. Yeah. And then you, he doesn't even play, and then he gets cut. Yeah. So I try to stay away. I did watch Ty and see if Traylon Burks would uh, get any playing time, and I think he had one carry for like four yards. Mm-hmm. But I think it's pretty cool. I like that one. What else you got? Uh, Patrick Mahomes, he looks like he's already in midseason form. Do you think he's out to prove that he can be great even without Tyreek Hill? I think he's going to have to be really good. But I think they're going to be fine at receiver. They're going to have two receivers that are probably better than having one great. I'm not even talking about – we're taking tight end out of the picture, right? Taking Kelsey out? Yep. I'm talking about straight wide receivers. Uh, Juju – he didn't have a quarterback. He had Big Ben lived hurt for 10 years. We don't really know how good he's going to be. And he's he's good. He was good with a bad Big Ben. So have you already drafted your fantasy team? Uh, I, I, I hate to it, say some of this stuff because some of you idiots are in the same league that I'm in. Yeah. And I'm like. <laughs> I, I've drafted in one league, but not our, our league. So you're good. 
You know, and they have two hyphenated last name receivers. Can you name the other, Eddie? Yes, Valdez Scantling. Yeah, good. Oh, man. And both of those guys are going to actually be pretty good to really good. I agree. And so it's, does he have to do it? No, I think he's going to have really a balance of weapons. It'll be interesting to see who, oh, you want to talk about another hyphen? Who's the running back? Uh, Edwards Hilaire. It's all it's all hyphens all the time. Yeah. That should be the Chiefs. All yeah, hyphens, hyphens all the time. Kansas City hyphens. Um, I, I think he's just a really good quarterback. I think they're probably embarrassed and have something to prove after the Cincinnati loss more than he's trying to just prove something himself. Yeah. That Cincinnati game. Mm. Boys, they blew that game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's lost on the fact that Cincinnati made it and Burrow, and it's like Burrow's the man. And, you know, with Stafford and the, the Rams winning that. Uh, but I think the Chiefs are, I mean, they're set to do it and to win, and to be dominant again. And I think they have two really good wide receivers. So why do you think he's playing so much? Is it just because he needs to get used to a whole new offense without Tyreek, or is it just because he just wants to play? I don't think, well, it's, it's not a whole new offense. I mean, it's a different offense when you're losing your big weapon. But it's not a whole new offense. I get it. You may have a different player that— Oh, dude, but he was so dynamic to that offense. I mean, he he made, he made everyone double-team him. He made all defenses go to one side of the field, so— I'm all defenses went to one. It's like the shift. Well, holy crap! Tyreek's no one's guarding the, the whole left side. We're all going we that pull, way. We got a pull hitter over here. I, I th- yes, absolutely. I think there are things that he will have to learn how. To, but you can learn a lot of that in practice. I don't know why he's playing so much. Yeah, that's yeah. my that's my question. I think maybe he, they're trying to figure out who the guys are. But again, you're not playing the real defensive backs yeah. that you're normally going to play, or the, even the same schemes. And you know these defensive coordinators aren't showing their whole defensive game plan either. Um, I think he's probably just extremely motivated. Honestly, I think I would be if I were him because people kind of wrote him off. Yeah. And he's awesome. Let's not forget how you talk about dynamic, but also with Tyreek, I think the difference what you're going to see this year is these other two receivers can do things Tyreek can't do. They can't run as fast as he can. They can't stretch defenses, but they're also fast but bigger. Yeah. And you're going to be able to throw to them closer to the end zone. Yeah. That's not a crossing route. You're going to be able to throw fades to these guys. You really didn't throw a lot of fades at Tyreek because he's. Five nine. You didn't need to. So yes, did they lose? Yeah, they lost the dynamic playmaker that he is. But I think they might actually. There's a possibility they could be better as an as an offense in general. So that's what I think. All right, you got another one. Yeah, UFC president Dana White said that there was a deal in place in 2020 to bring Tom Brady and Gronk to the Raiders before John Gruden blew it up. Do you think Brady would have won a Super Bowl with the Raiders like he did with the Bucks? This is the barbershop comment that he made that everybody's. The, the speculation, and they went to a few different people. Is it Carson Wentz? He called it MFR. Is it because it was like they were going to stay with that MFR? That's what Brady said in, in jest. But they oh, right. they never actually said who he was talking about, and he didn't either. Right? It was like Carly Simon, you're so vain. You probably think, think the song, song is about, about you. you. They never said, she never said who it was. He wouldn't either. But now most people feel that it's Derek Carr. And the Raiders. Right. And the him and Gronk were going to go to the Raiders. And then it was blown up. And Brady said, you're going to keep that MF or over me? <laughs> so do I think they would have won? Yeah, of course. I think wherever Tom Brady would have felt like he could have gone and won, he would have. He didn't go to Tampa because just is a warm place. There was yeah. nothing there. Like he, but, but, but no, no, he got to bring things there. Exactly. But that, that was the, and he would have done that in Vegas. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. He's not going to go somewhere he doesn't feel like he can win. So that doesn't mean the players all have to be there. That yeah. means they have room in the cap. That means the coach is willing to 
build the offense, not just the, the players, but the scheme around what he does. And I think if he was going to go to Vegas, he would only have gone if he'd have felt like he could have won. Or he retired. It would have been cool, too. So we almost saw him in Miami, though, last year. Yeah. To, you know, for this year. So Gruden, they're saying that Gruden blew that deal up? That's that. That's, that's, what, the, that's what I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. Dana White said he was kind of brokering it, and Gruden was the one that kind of said, no, thank you. Crazy. But Carr, I mean, I'll, I'll end on this. I think Carr's really good. I think Hunter Renfro, as they say, I think Hunter Renfro is a dog, and he's not even the number one. No. Yeah. Hunter Renfro is awesome. Yeah. And he's not even the best receiver there now. And again, Waller, top three most dynamic tight ends probably right now, maybe five, but young, top one or two. Mm-hmm. So I think Brady would have won there. I think Brady wouldn't have gone anywhere. He couldn't have won. Agreed. So, all right, is that all five? Or you got another we got one? one more. All right, there's a lot of hype coming out of San Francisco with Q- quarterback Trey Lance. Are you buying this hype? Do you think he has what it takes to bring him <laughs> back to the NFC Championship, maybe the Super Bowl? No, I'm not buying it yet. I've just seen nothing. My own eyes. I hear people say he can. They watch him in practice. That him and uh, Debo have a fine relationship, but like who? Brandon Ayuk. Yeah, I think he- I think that's who they 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 are kind of saying. Like, that's his dude. Because Debo's in the backfield a decent amount, too. Mm-hmm. Although they're saying he will be a little less this year because if they don't have all the injuries they had last year, I mean, that's part of the reason that Debo Samuel's always back there. Uh, uh, no, I'm not there yet. It's tough to be a quarterback in the NFL. And I can tell you, I know from experience because I've watched a lot of games. <laughs> <laughs> Every Sunday, man. Uh, he, he may. I think he'll be a pretty good fantasy option because he'll also run the ball a little bit until he doesn't anymore, which is how it kind of always works. Mm-hmm. Lamar's been the only one I've seen that, year after year continues to run because Lamar somehow doesn't get hit hard. Yeah. Right. He has that ability. Just be able to just bend at the right time, you know. Um, but Lance also in college, he didn't really play anybody. Right. Trey Lance. It's not like he didn't play in a big conference. He did have last year to sit under Garoppolo. And so I'm just not there yet, but it'd be cool. I don't hate him. I think it'd be interesting to see, uh, but no, right now I'm not buying it. Anybody is buying it? You speak now for everybody. I ain't buying it. Okay, there you go. All right, that's tittle tattle. Mike, do I do a spot here? No, you can do it after the. We can go right to the interview. Yep. Well, let me say then, it is my great pleasure. I am a big fan of Paul Feinbaum. He was a writer way back in the day, and you know, then radio, and then now he's a now he's ESPN. He's all over the place. I'm lucky enough to have done Feinbaum show probably six or seven times at this point. Uh, He's the king of the SEC. I think the most viral story that I know Feinbaum from, aside from listening to a show most days, is whenever Harvey Updike called and was like, hey, we poisoned the trees. And Eddie, you know that story? No, I don't. Wild. Oh, so Harvey Updike called into the show after the Iron Bowl in 2011. The Iron Bowl was Auburn and Alabama. And he said, hey, uh, I poisoned the trees at Toomer's Corner. Now, Toomer's Corner is after an Auburn win, they roll the trees with toilet paper. Okay. It's crazy. Tree everywhere. And they're... Those trees mean a lot to that university, and he poisoned them, and they all died. I mean, it's really— Oh, he had really done he it? He admitted yeah. it on Feinbaum's show. Oh. I think he's dead now, though, right? Didn't he die? Yeah, oh, he, I don't know. He died. Yeah. They, uh, he, not he Feinbaum. He's on a minute. Not, not Feinbaum. <laughs> yeah. Feinbaum's alive and well, but yeah, yeah. he died. He's, he, did, he served some time for that, though. Yeah. They, wow. they popped him. Yeah. yeah. So here's the guy. I've been honored to be on his show many times, and here is Paul Feinbaum. 
Paul, I am very honored that you would come on and, and do these these shows and this show with me. You are one of my heroes, and you know that. So thank you very much for for being here today. It is my pleasure, um, and um, I, I'm I'm in awe of this opportunity. So uh, let me not waste any more time stumbling and stuttering. Well, I have a lot of questions about you personally, and obviously, we're here. We are. It's you know week zero of football. Uh, not the real weekend. You got a few games, but most of it's next weekend. But I want to start personally with you. In your closet, do you have your own closet of TV clothes? Is it just suits and ties and shirts? And then your own closet of normal clothes? Or are you all shirts and ties and suits all the time? No, I I, I am. Uh, I have a, a, if I could break some news here with you guys today. Uh, everybody has their picadillos and fetishes. <laughs> Mine, I have a tie fetish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, 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 wherever I am in the, in the world, which is more like Fayetteville or Knoxville or Starkville, uh, I'm always looking for, for new ties. That's my, my, my deal. Cause I, I, you, know, you don't dress up as much because you're, you know, you're, you're cool. You don't have to, <laughs> but I mean, you can, you can wear the same blue jacket every day of your life on television and nobody has any idea, but they may remember your tie. So uh, that, that's my, that's, that's my go-to. Okay. I but would, yeah, I, I'd say my shoes I'm are similar. A little bit. You have tie. I've looked here. This is my shoes today. Right. I, the, oh, those are, those the, are cool. Yeah. So I have a million pair of shoes and hopefully people notice my shoes and I can wear the same. I have a st- standard white sweatshirt on and pants, but shoes. Okay. So you wear, you have a lot of ties. Do they give you a clothing allowance that you get to buy these fancy suits? No, I once asked, uh, uh, my, my first big television agent who ended up uh, leaving a, a couple of years ago to become the president of the world wrestling uh, <laughs> entertainment with Vince McMahon. Not that that's been in the news lately. Uh, and I asked him about that uh, because I was naive. I was coming from Birmingham, Alabama. I said, well, do I get a clothing allowance? He said, at, at, at this level, you don't ask for clothing allowance. They, they assume you can pay for your own clothes. And I, I, I knew that was a invitation to quit talking about it. But uh, by the way, I have one other, one other fetish, uh, Bobby. Oh boy. Uh, and it's a, it's a frame, fe- a glass frame fre- fetish. And, and I, I, there's a place in Nashville that I found a couple of years ago up and I've been, unfortunately we don't get back to Nashville that often. <laughs> Thanks to Vanderbilt. Uh, but, <laughs> I, but I always go, go to it. And uh, it's probably one of my favorite uh frame places in the world. So when it comes to people who are extremely interesting, uh, guys that love ties and frames, that's number one, right? That's skydiving. Who cares? Guys that are risking their life. If you have a tie fetish and a frame fetish, like I can imagine the chicks you'd be having to beat off with a stick if you were 22 right now. Yeah. The funniest thing was when I was in there the first time and the the lady who I think is the owner, uh, I think it's image optical down near near Nashville. (laughs) And uh, she was telling me, she said, Oh yeah, by the way, Taylor Swift was in here just last week. And I'm thinking to myself, Taylor Swift at the time was like 19 years old. What is she doing buying glasses? I'm never sure if I confirmed that or not, but it was a good, it was a great mm-hmm. line. I saw, oh, so I'll take that one, that one, that one, and that one. Um, but uh, yeah, that, that, those are the thing. I mean, other than that, Bobby, I'm just a pretty boring guy uh, who, uh, who compares himself meets- to Taylor Swift. No, no, no. We heard it. A boring yeah. guy who thinks he's like Taylor Swift and compares his daily activities right. in life to her. Yeah. yeah um, this you. Exactly. I mean, I, and you're probably the only person I know that's ever done anything or accomplished anything. So, uh, <laughs> and, and I won't embarrass you. I was in Nashville a couple okay. of years ago for something yeah. and it was a big deal. They were having like a, a like an entertainer of the year or something, right? It was just like only uh, invited audience. And, I, and this guy dragged me over there and you know, everybody was there. I mean, I mean, everybody. Uh, and I've spotted you and I kind of nervously walked over because I think 
Brad Paisley was sitting with you or Keith Urban. And all of a sudden you just jumped up and hugged me. And I was just like thinking, I wonder if anybody is, is noticing this or recording this. Maybe this will end up on uh, whatever the network is in Nashville, CM, CM something. Uh, but it was really cool. And uh, uh, that, that, that was the first time I'd ever met you. And since then I've, I've had, I've, your people have sent a restraining order. So I would never <laughs> do that again. Okay. Look, I, I'm a massive you fan and for you to put me on your show which i listen to and watch and sometimes i go from the car to the tv but it reminds me of back in the day when i'd be 12 and we'd come in from ball practice and you'd have to run in during a commercial so you could catch the show because but i do that with your show now like i'm listening i got a freaking hall butt to get in so i don't miss anything and it's rare and i'm going to say this as a sincere compliment it's rare in today's media world that you care about something so much that you want to catch it live or you want to not miss anything and what you do on your show now like I feel that with how you do your show so as a sincere compliment I'd like to say like you're a real reason that I look at sports and even media in general and go man it can still be done at such a high level do you still feel today when you go in are you still so inspired and fired up or are you going I've got a job to make sure people know and I'm going to just take it seriously and focus on what they expect of me no, I mean, I truly, uh, I'll, I'll spare you uh, all the cliches, but but my favorite time of the day is when I'm, I'm sitting behind a microphone uh, in, in this studio. It really, uh, and, and, and I think as you get older, Bobby, you really do appreciate it because you, you don't know where it ends. And mostly, most of the time it ends badly, but I've, I, COVID changed me. Uh, you know, those, that year and a half doing a show from home, uh, hearing the stories, uh, you know, watching uh, and experiencing what so many other people were going through, really, uh, I, I quit. I, a little bit of the cynicism faded away. Now, now I must admit, it's coming back pretty, pretty fast. Um, but it, it really was uh, to hear stories, and and now that, that's probably my favorite part of not only interacting and hearing the crazy, the crazy people, because you you know that's the trademark of the show, but hearing the real life stories of people that that have been laid up or uh, are you know, just lost a parent or, or, or a loved one. And they, they talk about what this program or your program or what any program means to them. And I think that's really what, what we all should strive to strive to do. And I think too many people in our industry are only there to hear themselves talk and not the folks that they are supposed to be serving. Who top three SEC coaches that you would be friends with in real life or that you are friends with in real life, like as people, because I we see them all on, we hear them all. We, we, we think they're cool. But who are the top? I'm not going to ask who you don't like, but the top three that you're like, those are my boys. I, I, I'm not saying this to patronize you. I mean, if I'm if I'm doing a show in Georgia, you, know, you would think I, I, I'm, I'm not just saying Sam Pittman because I genuinely like him, but I genuinely like this guy. And and don't quote me on this, but I, I, I normally don't like that many coaches because <laughs> I, I find them often to be disingenuous and hypocritical. Uh, and Pittman, he introduced me to his wife this year at, uh, at the SEC spring meetings. And I just fell in love with these two. I mean, they, cause you know, we're, 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 I'm a couple of years older, but we're in the same age group where I, we're both married and we don't have children. And I, I just saw a lot of, of myself in him and how some fame, uh, got to him late in life and nobody expected it. So, so he would be at the top of my list. I mean, I mean, Kiffin is, is intriguing. Uh, he's, He's a you know master manipulator. You have to accept that. Uh, I do like Kirby Smart uh, just to kind of round out my top three. Uh, and I, I know somebody is probably saying, "Well, you didn't mention this one or that one." And you know what? You're right. I didn't. <laughs> so when you look at a team like 
Ole Miss and Lane Kiffin. And I, I, my prediction was, or my feeling was, if Ole Miss performs and they win 10 games, because Lane is such a guy that he's great at being on camera, he's great at tweeting, front-facing. Like, if you want a front-facing right. football coach, that's what Lane Kiffin is all about. And if they can win 10 games, I think he's got a real shot to be, like, coach of the year because if Ole Miss wins, people love to put Lane places where they can hear and see Lane. Do you think Ole Miss has got a pretty good shot in the West to, you know, second, possibly take down Alabama? No, I don't. Uh, I don't know why you do. Uh, <laughs> I think they, it, there's too many unknowns for me to uh, plant a flag with Ole Miss uh, seriously. Uh, I think they can, they can win nine or they can win maybe nine games. Uh, yeah, they have a really good quarterback. I don't know what it's going, how they're going to mesh. I mean, they have a million parts uh, from Jay, uh, from transfers, and and Bobby, uh, that can be a great season or a disaster. Um, the one thing I think will be difficult for Ole Miss though is to keep Lane Kiffin. He is a wanderer, uh, and he's been there a couple of years. He's had success, and I fully expect his name to be mentioned elsewhere. NFL or college, bigger, bigger I think, schools. I, I think college. Uh, I, I don't see. Uh, I don't see him going back to the NFL. That was. Uh, he was. Uh, he was briefly the head coach of the Raiders. Uh, I don't. I, I don't think that's going to happen again. The Florida Utah game to me is very interesting because you have Utah who's coming to prominence in the last couple of years as far as being a school that is respected outside of the western part of the country. And Florida is a school who isn't as respected as they've always been because they've had some down years. Obviously, they have, a, have coaching change as well. That game. To me, is interesting because do you think a team like Florida, which their quarterback is getting Heisman whispers, and he hasn't even he's play, not played much at all, but again, they're a big SEC school. Can they win in Week One against Utah? I don't think so. And and you're right about Anthony Richardson. Uh, I do the Saturday show uh, with Tim Tebow, and a year ago he started telling me this is the best quarterback. <laughs> he wanted to say since me uh, being Tim Tebow, but he was too uh, too humble, or at least too too smart not to say that, but that, that's, in, that's what he was insinuating. And it, it was, it was impossible to tell last year because it was such chaos and Dan Mullen uh, just underperformed badly. I, I think Napier is, is really a good coach, but I don't see how they, they, they pull that one off. And the problem for them is the second week they have Kentucky. I mean, they, they could get off to a disastrous start and that's a problem because Florida fans think they're Alabama, Bobby. Uh, the, you know, they've won three national championships in, in their modern history but they've had, but they've also fired countless coaches. I mean, Will Muschamp burned out. I mean, even Urban Meyer burned out there. McElwain, uh, Mullen. Uh, so they, they, they are now. They, they have a chance to get back, but uh, until the recently, they had no chance because their facilities were so far behind everyone else's. You have a lot of these SEC schools that are trending upward. If you ask the people that live in the towns <laughs> that support the SEC schools, meaning Tennessee. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Mississippi State even. So you have – which of these programs is the more legitimate, really trending up, maybe not this year, but could possibly win their side of the SEC? I think it's Tennessee, and I'm from there. I went to school there, and I know the tendency for Tennessee fans is to to buy in too quickly. But but I think Heupel is is as good a play caller as I've seen in recent years – uh, Hendon Hooker is a very good quarterback. So it's a matter of putting it all together. They have a critical early season game at Pittsburgh, which lost uh, lost its quarterback, Kenny Pickett, lost its best, uh, lost the best wide receiver in college football, Jordan Addison, who pretty much put himself up for bid uh, and went to uh, Southern Cal. 
And that, that's going to hurt them. So I think Tennessee could, could get to nine wins this year. Their fans think they can do better, but that's, that's the nature of fandom, as you well know. Well, I think Tennessee fans are more like thinking they're Alabama than Florida, meaning, I mean, when's Tennessee done anything since T. Martin? Re- I mean, really? And they still feel like they've won, they win national championships every year. No offense to you, but it's like you're not you, but Tennessee fans seem yeah. to be more annoying than any other fan base than as far as like we're still awesome and a, and a real national contender because they ain't. Well, I, I just I refuse to accept what you said. Okay, okay, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Can you go no, to I dinner? Uh, but yeah, that's what I like about certain fan bases, though, Bobby. They they don't get down to the dumps and act like they have no chance. Tennessee's done literally. I mean, they have not done anything legitimate since. 2007, I think it was 2007 when they went to the SEC championship game with really a pretty average team. Now, right now, uh, they have reason to be optimistic, though. The problem at Tennessee, not to get too deep in the weeds, is it, it's just been a chaotic place. Uh, they, ha- they, they hired uh, Greg Schiano a couple of years ago. And the internet, uh, you know, beat him, uh, <laughs> ran him off. Um, and it was, uh, it was, I mean, you remember that day, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Twitter spoke up. It was actually Clay Travis to be, uh, I was going to gonna be, say that, but I was going to let you say yeah. it first. Yes. Clay. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah. Uh, and by the way, I mean, I, I don't know whether that was the best thing to happen to Tennessee or not. Uh, but you know, they ended up with, uh, one of the worst coaches, uh, I've ever seen. And if not, if you, if, if Jeremy Pruitt wasn't the worst coach in Tennessee history, he was certainly the dumbest coach in Tennessee history. Uh, okay. Coaches in SEC history. I was watching a thing on TikTok about Mike Price. You made me think about this. And so. No, no hold on. Wait. Mike Price was not dumb. <laughs> hold, well, what he did, this, I, I, let me finish because the, <laughs> the TikTok was saying, because there are two, two versions of the story. And the roll, we'll just say this, the roll tide version in the hotel room was the one they were talking about. If it's true or not, I don't know. And he sued and you won. But I'm saying if that were the case, then that seems to be pretty, uh, he wasn't really doing a lot of thinking with his, with his brain. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the story quickly. So, so Alabama hires a guy named Mike Price, who is at Washington State. And in the Rose Bowl, the year they hired him to replace Dennis Franchoni, he comes in, uh, he, 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 he quarterback Ryan Leaf and uh, somebody else that played the guy, the guy that, that uh, replaced Tom Brady uh, in uh, New England, the guy that Tom Brady replaced in New England. And he, he he had two sons on his staff. And Bobby, the guy is 58 years old and he lives in Pullman, Washington. And all of a sudden he's in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and his family and his wife is still back in Pullman. And he discovered Southern women. And he and his uh, he and his he and his two kids would uh, who were on his staff would go out every night and did what crazy <laughs> people do after a few a few pops and th- everyone knew about it. I mean, I had people calling me on our show and stop me if I'm going too long here with this salacious story. Uh, who were saying, "Hey, uh, Mike Price was in uh, you know a Mexican restaurant on on Thursday night trying to pick up a friend of mine." I mean, that, that's that was the story. And finally, it, it, it blew up. He went down to a golf tournament in Pensacola. And uh, I was with some people the other night who were with him. And he just got he got snookered. Um, and exactly what happened is, is still uh, open for debate. Sports Illustrated magazine reported that he, went, that he went back to the hotel at this place called Arity's Angel, a strip joint. And uh, he went back to their room. And, and, and he while they were together in the hotel room, he yelled out, it's rolling baby, roll tide at the, at the moment of, of, of ecstasy. 
here's the problem. Uh, he filed suit claiming it wasn't true. And I later discovered this, Bobby. He's 58 years old. You ready for this? He's got high blood pressure. He's on all kinds of medication. And his defense in the lawsuit against Sports Illustrated was he was incapable. Mm, that's a tough one to figure have to it out for yourself. yourself. I hear and you. He, he was he he ended up being awarded ten million dollars or twenty million, and but he couldn't talk about it. Okay, guess what this guy did? You're right. He is pretty stupid. He started talking about it and had to give the money back. That's <laughs> what I said. When you talk about stupid coaches, I'm okay. like, uh, let's roll back the tape and say. The dumbest coach is Mike Price. The second dumbest coach is Jeremy Pruitt. Okay. I stand corrected. Okay. Uh, Paul Feinbaum, you guys at Feinbaum Show on Instagram. The three final questions are first, speaking of coaches that have had a tumultuous last six months, Harson and Auburn, what's happening over there? What's going to happen over there? Well, you got a guy who's the biggest booster. Uh, he's on the board of trustees, and he wants Harson out, didn't want him hired. Uh, and he decided to get him fired a couple of months ago. Unfortunately, or fortunately, uh, it got out in the media. Harson was able to uh, get some sympathy. So he saved his job for the time being. But he is he is clearly dead man walking. So Auburn's not going to win enough games this year, in your opinion, for him to keep his job? No. Very, very little chance. Uh, question two. You're a pretty recognizable guy. And can you even go to dinner now and without people coming up and being like, hey, Paul Feinbaum, can I get a picture? Can I? It, that's got to happen everywhere. Well, it, 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 the, the farther south I go, the more difficult it is. Um, so it, it's not like, uh, you know, I mean, I could go to dinner in Minneapolis and I don't think anybody would notice. But but Birmingham or Atlanta. Or, yeah, but hey, I mean, I, I'm at the point in life where I where I'm where I'm looking at the people that come up to me and go like, where were you when it mattered? I mean, we're, we're, I mean, you know, I, I'm in my mid sixties. I've been married 33 years. I mean, I, I mean, I, I am, I laugh at all this stuff when, you know, when the homecoming queen at Ole Miss uh, comes over and says, can I get a picture for Instagram? I just say, okay, can I, if I could have, if that could have happened 35, 40 years ago, and I could have sent it to all my buddies back in high school, but what good does it do me now? Yeah. You say what's Instagram. That's what, that's what you say. What's What's Instagram young lady. That's what exactly. you say. Yeah, exactly. Okay. We're going to end on this. Nick Saban. Obviously, you spend time with him. I see you spending time with him. I see you with him. Like, what kind of like human being is Nick Saban? Because again, all I get is him being hilarious when not trying to be hilarious at press conferences. Uh, I, believe it or not, I'm working on a book, and he's he's a he's a big part of the book. And I'm I'm going to try to explain the psychology of Nick Saban. He he is not someone, Bobby, that you want to grab. Uh, and, and probably be entertained by, uh, but he, he can be fun. And one thing about that you'll, you'll appreciate the best conversations I've ever had with Nick Saban. were not about football, but about music. He's a classic rock fan. Uh, he is, uh, he, he told me once that, and I can't remember, it was the Eagles, like it was an Eagles live album uh, in Japan. And he told me, he said, yeah, I played that over and over again, like for, for, for six months. I mean, a little bit obsessive. Okay. Uh, I mean, the, I mean, I think the Eagles are a good band, but I'm not sure I could only listen to uh, hotel California, but that's him. Uh, he likes them. He, he's, he's gone to Rolling Stone concerts. Uh, he, he and Bill Belichick, uh, got into, uh, they, I think they had, uh, Bon Jovi come hang out with them one weekend. So he's not into country, but he is, uh, he is a huge, uh, classic rock guy. So when you come to town one evening, it would be awesome if we, you and I just went to dinner one night without all the cameras and supporters you have to follow you, all the fame and glitz. 
like you and I for like an hour and a half talking life. Like that's a dream of mine. I would love at some point to make that happen. But you, uh, you walked into there because I am going to be in Nashville pretty soon. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, if you're if you're in town, we, we will be there for the uh, the Vanderbilt uh, Wake Forest game. Okay, it, that that'd be amazing. I'm a massive fan of you. Let me know. I'm always I, and here's the the comparison I make in you and I. Then I'll let you go. You have a massive show to do. You're a hero to the, the, all the world. Um, the comparison is when I finish anything we're doing. If we do like a 12 or 13 minute break and we're off the air. Eddie, you can tell him what do I do as soon as I'm off the air from being Mr. Gregarious, Mr. Mr. Blind for the party. What do I do? You walk out and go home, or, or I shut down. I don't. I don't have a lot of energy. You want it ain't time to have energy. Like I, I go down and I'm like, all right, I got to figure out what's up next. I'm not the. I'm not the life of the party when there ain't a mic in front of me. And I've done your show even in person, even here when you set up the stage, and very similar. You go, all right, I'm off. It's like you're a robot that shuts down, and I can appreciate that, exactly. and I can admire that, and because you're a weirdo like me, and I think that's why I love you so much, Paul Feinbaum. Well. I appreciate you saying that. And, I, and when, I, when I see you, I'm going to try to sell you on getting me a job in Nashville as, as a songwriter. Because I did write want. a country song about 10 years ago. And no, nobody, you didn't. Nobody no, you didn't. I did. No, you didn't. Okay. Yeah, I'll bring it to you and I'm going to go, I'm going to go to Music Row or whatever it's called and try to sell it. Yeah. It's not called Music Row, but uh, yeah. <laughs> tell your friends you're going to go down to Music Lane and sell music your song. Music Lane. Yeah, Music Lane. Yeah, yeah. All right, Paul. That's hey, gonna, thank you. And Bobby, hopefully I'll you. see you soon. You're my hero. And I'll uh, talk to you. I'm going to tell your guy and give him my cell phone number. If you never text me, I understand. You just, you hate me. But if you do and you're like, let's go to dinner, let's go. And I will let you pay because I'm that kind of nice guy. I would be delighted. And, and this has been like, of all the things I've ever done in my career. Okay, this is certainly, stop. Okay, stop this it. Is certainly the most recent. Okay, thank you. That's more like it. There he is. Paul Feinbaum, everybody. All right, Paul. See you, buddy. Hey, what's going on? It's kickoff, Kevin. And for most of us, learning a second language in high school or college wasn't exactly a high point in our academic careers. I know I took a couple years of German in high school, and looking back on it now, I'm not really sure why I did it. All I can say is Danke, which means thanks. But now thanks to Babbel, the language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions, there's an addictively fun and easy way to learn a new language. Whether you're traveling abroad, connecting in a deeper way with family, or you just have some free time on your hands, Babbel teaches bite-sized language lessons that you'll actually use in the real world. I know this time around, I'm going with Spanish, Maybe I'll come back to German at some point with Babbel, but I'm sticking with Spanish here. I grew up in Southern California. A lot of my friends speak Spanish, and I never really know what they're saying or if we're out and they're speaking Spanish, I feel left out. So I'm going with Spanish this time, and thanks to Babbel's 15-minute lessons, it makes it perfect for me to learn while I'm on the go. And right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to Babbel.com and use promo code BOBBYSPORTS, all one word, BOBBYSPORTS, at Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L dot com and put in Bobby Sports. All right, Paul Feinbaum, awesome. So let's talk about parlays for a second. Kickoff, Kevin, would you define a parlay just to, to our audience here? Um, And the best way I know how so is when you like the Oh, I got to I, I have to tell him. I'm going to have to tell him. Nope. What? I'm going to have to teach Kickoff Kevin because he's nervous. He's going to mess Wait, it up. Wait, you don't know Kevin's going to mess I know, it up. Okay, here, let me, let me give him a best okay, shot. So, here, okay, so hey, we're going to let you do it again. Okay. Right now, I want to say... <laughs> You should, DraftKings has the best. For me, I love to parlay at DraftKings because it's very easy as far as for the human, it's hard to mess up on DraftKings. It's you, simple for the user. So, Kevin, what's a parlay? Okay, when you like certain spreads or certain games and you like multiple, so you want to combine them together for a better payout. 
But obviously, it's harder to win multiple games or multiple bets. Yeah, that's parlay. Yeah, yeah. You, it was really, it's really it a tough was a complicated way to say it. But yeah, it's like Eddie it? and I. If, there, if I was going to say, I'm going to walk to Eddie right now. I'm going to walk one, two, three, four, five, six steps right to Eddie. Or I could say. Okay, I'm going to take one step, then I'm going to look at the ceiling and go, ooh, is anything going to fall on me? I'm going to look to the left and go, is any a car going to hit me? But I'm still going to get there. It's just one bet where you're betting multiple things inside of one bet. Yeah. And if any of them lose, you lose. Yes. But if you can hit. Oh, I'm, it's a big payday. Hey, I hit on DraftKings last year in bowl season an eight-game parlay. No Dude, way. that is a how, how much and you they, put down. And they reposted me. Uh 40 bucks, I think. Ooh, yeah, I won wow. an eight-game parlay, and I think it made me like 2,600 bucks. Come on. Wow. That's amazing. And I kept, well, what I kept doing, though, is I kept, I went four, I posted on Instagram, should I keep going or should I cash out? And I'm not a big cash out guy, and I sent it to Eddie after about five, and he was like, cash out. Then I won again. I said, what about now? Cash out. I'm <laughs> so, a big cash out He's guy. a big cash out guy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, next week, we'll be doing uh, the parlays of the week. So, but again, DraftKings and put in Bobby Sports. That's the code. One, it makes us look good to them. And then two, they have all kinds of promotions and stuff. And that's what's up. 21 and up, most eligible states. Age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for terms and resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Tennessee, call or text the Tennessee red line 800-889-9789. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369. Also next week, Brandon Marcello will be on from 24-7 Sports, and we'll talk about the games, because this is called Week Zero. Do you know why it's called Week Zero? Because zero games matter. No? Oh, sorry. That's a good you guess. You know what? That's pretty good, good guess. Okay. It's funny. I like that. Why, do, you know, what, do you know why they call it Week Zero? I don't. Well, Week One is next week where all, like, it's the first real slate. This is Week Zero, because it is a week where there are like three games. I yeah. think like Vanderbilt and Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, yeah, more yeah, than three, but good luck the naming them. Like, yeah, Vanderbilt and Hawaii. <laughs> That's one. Yeah. Nebraska and Northwestern, Boom. I think, is the best game. Uh, not for me, because Vanderbilt and Hawaii, because I got Clark Lee coming up head coach in a few minutes. Uh, there Come we on. go. That's right. Where Vanderbilt's an eight point favorite. Let's go. When's the last time Vanderbilt was an eight point favorite in a game? When they played Eddie and I's team. <laughs> <laughs> um, the idiots. Yes. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code Bobby Sports. To bet just $5 on college football and get $200 in free bets instantly. That's why you put in Bobby Sports to get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. That's the notes we put up whenever we write it. Yeah. The first time I read that, I was like, see show notes. For I should have looked myself. That was for me. Um, okay, we're going to go over to Adam. It's time. And Eddie doesn't know about this segment. I don't. But Adam's a big stat guy. Adam's big, you know, into the numbers. And so we're going to do Adam stats. But I need you to sing a theme song right off the top of your head. And whatever you sing here is what we're going to use every time. We're going to capture it. And you're going to sing it. And we'll probably have, like, Reed, who shoots video, and stuff, put a, some guitar behind it. Okay. But whatever you sing here about Adam Stats is his wow. new theme song. No pressure. No pressure at all. Are you ready? I'm ready. And action. Ah, uh, ah, uh, Adam Stats. Adam has all your stats for you. Adam Stats. Woo! Okay, we liked it. That's yeah! solid. That's solid. We're going to capture that. And, and Reed, you can put music on that? that got me fired up. Okay. All right. Oh, Adam, what's tough. your stat of the week? Oh, man. Kevin Sumlin. Kevin Sumlin. We all remember him from Texas A&M. He was the head coach there before Jimbo Fisher. Uh, his record through his first four seasons, 36 and 16. Do you know whose record is 34 and 14 through his first four years at, at Texas A&M? Jimbo Fisher. You know who's making a lot more money than Kevin Sumlin made? Jimbo Fisher. Uh, I don't know how that makes y'all feel, but y'all basically at Texas A&M have the exact same coach and are paying one of them about $70 million more. Um, I, 
this makes me uncomfortable if I'm a Texas A&M fan um, because we haven't really seen uh, Texas A&M achieve at a high level. They beat Alabama, but they also lost four games last year, uh, which I think is going to kind of be the highlight of Kev- of, uh, of Jimbo Fisher at A&M, if I'm being honest. Even with the number one recruiting class, uh, like we're going to see him hit those highs, but I don't know if he's got it in him to, to be consistent and, and be Alabama like he wants to be. I think that someone had Manziel. Yeah. And awesome for him. Yep. That really won him a bunch of games. I think Jimbo Fisher is also coming in, though. And now compare him to Sam Pittman at Arkansas. You look at his record, and I don't know what his record is overall, but it's like two or three games over 500. But when you go in the first year of a program, you're in the, you're, you're in the just a deficit. You got to dig out. You're underneath. You're underwater. And so I don't know that I would compare the money and the stat. You're kind of putting the money on what you think he can do for the future of the program. And I think what we're seeing is with these massive recruiting classes, like that's what they're betting on with all that money. And he did it at Florida State. Like he recruited the crap out of kids. My point is, even though his record is not as good as Sumlin, and that's a really interesting stat, that they don't pay him for his first two seasons. They pay him for kind of seasons four through forever until they fire him or he retires. I just wonder what what the tipping point is. Like, how many eight and four seasons does he have to turn in before? Well, he gets one more. He gets one more this season that's eight or nine wins. And if he's not winning 10 or 11 next year, I think he gets put in the pressure cooker a little bit. Educate me a little bit. So if they don't spend that much money on on Jimbo, like, where does the money go? Go, like well there's no there's not an allotment of money right so it's not like the NFL where like you pay your quarterback there's no way salary too much. cap yes yeah, so what's who cares uh, who cares that they're paying him way more than they paid someone who cares is people going well this is stupid he can't even win as much games as the last coach exactly so right. we're paying him all this money it's yeah. just fun to say this is stupid yeah yeah okay. and it's also <laughs> boosters right it's all the right. it's all the same people that are paying all the players and I don't say that in a bad way because <laughs> I do and I hold deals with players too. Yeah. So I'm not like, oh, it's it's. It fishy. sounds better nowadays. <laughs> yes, if I, I couldn't say this five years ago. No way. Yeah. Uh, so, the deal is, it's interesting that he hasn't won as many games in Got as it. many seasons. But I think someone had already hit his his high point at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where Jimbo, as you can see from the recruiting class last year and even this year, they haven't yet. Yep. So. Yeah. All right. There's Adam stats. Adam, I already forgot it. Yeah. So let's whatever try again, it is. Let's just, try again. This will be his out song. Go okay. ahead. Ah uh, ah. Uh, Adam Stats, that's uh, Adam Stats. He's got those stats for you. How'd you like those stats? Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right, we're going to go over. And I had a chance to uh, talk with Clark Lee on stage. And Clark Lee, head football coach at Vanderbilt University. Pretty cool because he's a guy that played baseball. Was like, I ain't going to make it a baseball player. Went back to football because he was a good high school player. Played fullback at Vanderbilt. And then started coaching and kind of climbed his way up. And I remember when he was at Notre Dame as a defensive coordinator, he was very sought after. And when he came to Vanderbilt, I was like, wow, I didn't expect him to come to Vanderbilt. But he went to school here, and I was talking to him actually before the show. And I was like, why? Why would you pick Vanderbilt? He goes, I really believe in what they're going to invest in this program in the future. And also, he didn't say this to me, but I was like, there's no pressure on him to win right now. That's true. They just are going to put the pressure on him versus the support they're giving him. Meaning if he's not getting what the other coaches are getting financially, facilities, they're not going to expect him to get what other coaches are, are doing. But I think that's going to kind of build itself as it goes. And he's awesome. So I'm going to play this. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Clark Lee, the head football coach from Vanderbilt University, with me on a stage in front of about 1,000 people. 
aiming to build the best football program in the country at Vanderbilt University, where we have the best school, in the best city, in the best conference, with the best facilities on the horizon. everybody. Head football coach at Vanderbilt University. Clap your hands for him. Thank you, coach. Thanks. I've never been so cool before, Bobby. That was awesome. I appreciate it. Well, when I, I see you and I listen to you speak, and if I, I want to just go to a couple weeks ago, uh, I was watching SEC Media Days, and all the coaches take a turn to get up and talk, and when it's your time to talk, um, and you can say exactly what you said, but basically it was, I'm here to have the best football team in the country. I'm paraphrasing that. And I was like, that's what I'm talking about. Because if we're just uh, you know, talk about the elephant in the room, Vanderbilt has not been successful at the football program in a long time. So for you to get up and say that, I was like, I never met him, but that's my guy. Like, I love that because if you don't tell people what you're going to do, it's harder to do it. Can you tell me before you walked up there, did you plan to say that or did that just come into you? I say things because I mean them. And I, I've said this to people since that comment. I, that was not meant to grab attention. It was not meant to be something that was really talked about. Um, you know, if you cut me open and I bled out, that's what I'd bleed out. And I don't know that I would ever want to be a part of anything where you weren't striving to be level best. And, you know, that means a lot of things, but certainly um, that is what we're building at Vanderbilt. And are we there yet? No. And do we have a long way to go? Absolutely. But that's the course we're on and that's what we're going to do. Do you have a leadership gene in you or is it nurture or nature? Like, did you come out as a baby and you're like, let's do this, Wah! or <laughs> did you learn it from someone? Like, where does this leadership ability come from? Well, I, I, you know, I, I obviously played sports and I had great coaches growing up. My parents would be formative to me and, you know, I've learned a lot, you know, as I've become a parent myself, just reflecting on, you know, my experiences as a, a child. Um, but, but all of my, what I've done is paid attention. I've just paid attention. And, and I think I could, the reason for me paying attention was just, I, I recognized in my career, I was experiencing things that to be the husband I needed to be, to be the father I needed to be, and really to be the coach too. You know, I, I have, whether I'm a linebacker coach, a defense coordinator, now a head coach, there's young people that are looking to me to model, um, through adversity to, to teach them how to handle challenges. And, so um, I needed to pay attention what I was to what I was going through in order to, to be what I needed to be for them. And in doing that, I think I just kind of started to locate the things that were most important with respect to, you know, keeping a steady stern and, and not changing and, um, you know, just, just toughening through adversity. And that's been kind of my ticket to this point. And listen, I, you know, listening to you talk beforehand, I mean, None of this comes without incredible challenge and incredible adversity, but I think that's kind of the point, right? That's what we're doing, and we need to do it really well. So your path to here, as I talk about, there is not a straight line to success, and success is definable, and my definition changes all the time, and what I feel is like success for me professionally, personally. Um, just to let you guys know a little background, like legit high school football player, like bone crusher, like don't mess with them. That guy, then he plays baseball in college. So he's like annoying and he's good at everything, like sport wise. Doesn't mean he isn't working real hard, but I hate him. I'm gonna tell you the truth in high school. I, like, I don't like that guy. Although he's killing it, he's working really hard. Uh, so he's playing baseball, plays baseball two years, and then he plays football, a junior and senior year. You, you switch from baseball to football, and you're playing fullback now at Vanderbilt. So what 
motivated the shift, one, from baseball to football, and then why fullback? That's like the toughest spot to play in, in all of college football. Let me, let me start by saying, Bobby, you're a dancer, uh, you're an author. <laughs> but not good. You're on None TV, of that's good, you're on though. radio. Yeah. Um, no, I, I mean, the honest truth is that I wasn't very good at baseball, and I figured that out when I got to college, and I couldn't hit the curveball, and you need to be able to hit the curveball. Um, but I always say this too, and I think this is important, and maybe this is the most, this is, this is something that came to me in time. I didn't recognize it in the moment, but I was going through an identity crisis. You know, we have, um, when you're successful in something early on, you know, and I was, I was a good high school athlete, but we go through kind of identity foreclosure, and we, we stop developing the whole self, and we, we really just start to pay attention to the things that we're celebrated for, and I was, you know, I had made my mind up that, that um, you know, God intended me to leave my mark on this world by being a Major League Baseball player. That was kind of, you know, what I believed to be the truth. And so, um, you know, when I got to college, I was kind of pursuing this dream. And, and I actually started at Birmingham Southern College. Um, we won the NIA World Series. I didn't play. I was struggling. So I figured I needed to uh, you know, change the scenery and a fresh start. Went to Belmont University, wasn't playing, uh, wasn't having success. And so it was at that moment where I realized, you know, goodness, I, maybe this isn't what's intended for me. Maybe there's a, 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 I need to search further. But a, along the way, I think I stopped associating my best self with just being a really good athlete. I started doing well in school. And I was like, you know, I want to be successful some way, somewhere, someday. Let me, let me, get into the best possible school that I can get into. And, you know, an interesting part of the story is that Vanderbilt actually denied me admissions out of high school. And I'm sure I'll get in trouble for sharing that. But um, so I got in through the back door as a transfer. And um, I ended up graduating with honors. I got a master's degree while I was playing. And it's not because of intelligence. It was because of the, the, the same work ethic I took to athletics. I started to apply in all areas. And I say identity crisis just because that concept of identity foreclosure. When I was just seeing myself as a successful athlete, I was focusing on that, on that area alone. And when I was faltering in that area, I was losing a sense of my value. Um, but what I learned was I can apply the things that have allowed me to be successful in those areas to everything. And in doing that, you know, I become a more complete person. And what a great you know, thing to learn through the experience of adversity that I can now hand off to, you know, the 18 and 22 year olds that I'm responsible for. So do you like use, like, you like say lit so you can be cool with the guys? I mean, do you have to like say, like say things that you probably wouldn't say just so you, like how do you relate yeah. to an 18 to 21 year old? Well, I'm cool, Bobby. There we go, you heard it right I mean, here, boom. Um, no, listen, 18 to 22 is no different than, you know, uh, you know, 40 years old, I mean, People respond to, um, I, I appreciate the laugh there. I guess yeah, is, they go at your heart. It is this a bit, section here gives it to me all night. Listen, you know, being 40, I'm trying to cling to my youth as long as I can. But people, people will, um, they'll connect with authenticity. And, you know, I don't change. I don't ever deploy a different personality. I try to just stay true to who I am. And again, I'm, I'm in a, you know, just like you. I mean, I'm in a public um, position now. I mean, people are paying attention to what I'm saying. And I think in the moment, it's like just a commitment to not changing. And look, I may not be for everybody. What I want to be is really good for my team. And if I can, 
if I can go through this experience not wavering from my values, um, not, not allowing the bright lights to change me, staying committed to, you know, the, the person that I know that I am. And, you know, listen, I've got a little sense of humor too. We have fun. We have a good time. But I want to make sure that the, the players are leaving with something of value. What we do is really hard, Bobby. I mean, it, I'm asking these guys to give everything they have to each other, not to themselves, to each other. And to do that, I think that um, it requires a, a steady and consistent message. But we also have to be inspired forward, too. And that's my responsibility. And certainly some of that is to pull some personality out every, every now and then. That's what I'm doing right now. Yeah, <laughs> Paul, uh, here's a real question. Let's be authentic here. You're at a, at a I'm going to say a party because I don't go to parties, but you're at an event. Maybe somebody doesn't know you're a football coach. Some idiots talking how much they know about football. Will you sit back and let them be wrong? Or will you step in and be like, excuse me, sir, head coach, Vanderbilt, and you're a moron? No one actually wants to talk football with me because, uh, you know, it's just like anything. I'm, I'm going to start talking about fit structures and, you know, coverage adjustments. And really what they want to do is complain about the quarterback play. Guys, stay in the room. Everybody's leaving. Sorry, coach. They're all walking out. Guys, come back. Um, but no, I listen, I, I um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a pretty like private person. I, I, I think I spend so much time uh, in front of the team or out at events. Usually my my party time is at home. We got a, a nine year old, a seven year old, uh, a 10 year old now, a seven year old and a four year old that just turned five. So we have a, a young crew that we're, um, you know, wrangling every day. And that's that's kind of where I, I have my party time. I'll kind of wrap with these final two questions here. What do you look for in a leader? Well, I'll go back to the word authenticity. I think, I think a, leader, um, a leader starts with action, you know, um, and that's been something I've really, um, that, that I've made front and center for me here, uh, kind of in, in this phase of my life. Um, you know, I, I, I'm charged with carrying a message to a team every day, but what I, what I notice is if I'm not staying true to that message in my own life, that, um, that it's, it's a little bit hollow, and so... To me, I think you have to have the ability as a leader to, to first act, um, second to connect with the people around you, to understand and have a sense for the experience that others are going through. Um, those are really the two most important things I'd say. And then look, you know, th- there are gonna be certain people that carry leadership traits where they're, they're able to get in front of people and deliver a great pregame speech or rally the unit in the moment where they're needed. Um, but more important on a team of 107 people is that, you know, everyone makes a choice to do the next right thing the right way. And, and that's leadership through example. And that's what we're looking for. What position would I play? Well, listen, with the, with the name Bobby Bones. Why are they still laughing, by the way, I coach? I don't understand. Again, like I hear them laugh. That's supposed to be fun, but it hurts. All right. <laughs> um, yeah. So you would definitely play defense. Bobby Bones. You can't have that name and not play defense. I've got you. By, by height, weight, um, what six, are you? Six, two, 180. Uh, so six, six foot and a half. And <laughs> I, hey, listen, I know that game. Um, no, you're going to play safety, man, and you're going you're gonna to step down and make the big hit and celebrate the interception. Let's finish it in the end zone. I can see it happening. So I'm going to brag about my high school days for a second. <clears throat> I, I played the X. So for you guys that don't know football, it's wide receiver. Co- Coach and I know. We know if we know football up here, we're talking. Yeah. So I played wide receiver, I played a little, little slot, good hands, high motor guy, 
which means not a lot of speed, but that's right. Yeah, that's okay. was one of those two. That's okay. And so uh, coach put me back on punt. He said, you need to return punts. I could catch. Throw the ball to me, I will catch it. He said, you're going to return punts. The guy dropped like three in a row. I said, great. I get back. And now when you're returning a punt, this is high school, reliving glory days here. I'm looking. I see all the butts of my guys go about to go that way. And I see the, I barely see the punter's head. And I'm, I'm, I'm nervous. Although I play a lot, I've never returned a punt in a game. I never returned a punt in a practice, coach. What kind of idiot puts me in the game returning a punt in a game that's never done in practice? Boom, I see it go up. Now it goes above the lights. That's difficult. I never practiced this. The ball goes above the lights. The ball's coming back down the lights. I look and I see like, it feels like 50 people going, <laughs> running at me. <laughs> running at me. You know, and I consider myself a brave person. I do. I consider myself, I'll take on any challenge. Uh, I ran away. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like something that you know, I need to help you confront here. No, we don't like, need to know. No, so, you, listen, no. when you come out to practice, we're getting the jugs out. We're going to let you catch some uh, punts. Hey, the jugs, that's fine. Catch them with nobody on me. Somebody hit me. That would be bad news. Uh, you feel good about this season, Coach? I do. I mean, I, listen, you know, I, 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 um, I think what is important to me is progress. What is important to me is identity. You know, those are things that we haven't had at Vanderbilt. Those are things that, you know, I'm an alum. I mean, I played at Vandy. So I, I followed this program for a long time. Um, and I want to put a team on the field that uh, people are inspired by, that are, you know, they see the, the team playing for each other. They're fighting for every blade of grass on the field. And we can do that. Um, you know, we're early in this build. And so we got a lot of young players. And with young players, we got, we got to bring them along. But we've had a great camp. And I'm just excited to take this team to Hawaii and open the season. Awesome. Coach, I appreciate you. Thank you. Hey, guys, right here. Motivational moments from this guy, Coach Lee. Give him a big round of applause. Thanks, Coach Clark Lee. He did afterwards say, hey, I do want you to come out to practice and catch some punts. And so I probably won't do that. Did he, did he really? Yeah, because <laughs> you guys haven't heard it. People listening to this, we didn't listen to that back right then. We just five seconds later went, okay, let's move on. <laughs> right, that's, that's <laughs> yeah. how you do a podcast. Yeah, 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 yeah. So in that clip, I talked about returning punts in high school. The, when my coach was like, okay. That our guy dropped like three in a row. He's like, go return the punts. I never practiced it, much less done it in a game. And so I went back and I was talking about how you, it goes up into the lights and you lose it and then it comes back down. Oh, yeah. And then you got to catch it and there's people running at yeah. you. It's just a lot to have never have experienced it. And I'm not really afraid of much. I'm scared of a lot of things, but I'm not so afraid that I'm not going to take on a challenge. And so I remember that ball coming down and I was like, nope. And I ran off to the side. I didn't catch it. <laughs> I, didn't catch it. I, did, I just didn't. And I, I told that story to him. And he was like, all right, you're going to come out and catch some punts of practice with our team. And I don't think so. No, I just don't. <laughs> That'd be kind of fun. Put the pads on. I, I, don't, I don't think so. No. You can do it where you catch multiple like the, in those videos. You know? you can catch, I can't uh, catch like one. Three. Okay. I have to <laughs> catch two or <laughs> Gotta three. Got to start with one. Uh, so, you know, I'm rooting for Vanderbilt a little bit. I like that. Yeah. And I'd like for them to beat everybody but Arkansas. Okay. So, and we're not playing them. <laughs> well, there so who you cares? go. I would Good. love for them to win some games. College football's back. It's time to enjoy the tradition, the fun, the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook to celebrate the best time of the year right now. New customers can bet just $5 on any team and get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. Kick off, Kevin. Break that down for me. So if I bet $5, then what happens? Then if you bet... Yeah. What did you say? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Kick off, Kevin's over there on his, on his phone. I was thinking ahead here. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you looking at your story coming out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can, I can respect to, that. I'm trying to, I can respect trying to that. plan myself in my head how I'm going to present it. If you bet $5 on any team, you get $200 in free bets instantly, win or lose. So five bucks, let's say you bet on the Cowboys, week one NFL. It's a good bet. Five bucks, that's it. And they lose. You still get $200 in free bets given to you. <laughs> yeah, that's, a, that's a no-brainer. It's a no-brainer. Just do it. So also same game parlays. 
for a shot at even bigger payouts. And the same game parlay would be you do a parlay, multiple bets, but inside of one game. You could bet the spread. You could bet the, you could bet uh, how many yards Dak's going to throw for over under, that kind of thing. But you could do that and win. Just combine multiple bets. That's it. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So I'm going to bet Vandy minus. Let me see what the spread is real quick. I'm going to do one right now. Ooh, live. Yeah. Live cool. bet. Did somebody say, is it legal? No. Oh, you I know, but if you say that, I sound like a bad boy. That's why oh, hey, 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 is that legal? Yeah. You know, bro, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> I knew no one said that, but I was like, <laughs> someone asking if what I'm like, doing is against the law? I'm glad you asked. I don't know, but I'm doing it anyway. Uh, Vanderbilt, at the time of this recording, is an eight, eight and a half point favorite. That's a lot. They keep That's going up. That's God, a lot. God dang. <laughs> okay, uh, okay. Maybe not. That's all right. Vanderbilt, let's go at eight, minus eight and a half. And then I'm also going to go with the over, over under 53. And I'm going to sit there on just on those two. That's my parlay. Let's see. If I bet 25 bucks on that, it pays $90. It's pretty good. Now I'm betting more than that. I'm oh, going to wow. bet. Wow. You know what? Big Commodore. That's a $5 bet for me, man. I heard, yeah, Cl- sure. I, heard yeah. I heard Clark Lee talk there. There we go. I know what's up. I'm betting 100 to win 36446. Nice. Do you want him to use Face ID? Yes, I do. Oh, wow. To place your bet? Mm-hmm. That's why it doesn't let me place your bet. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. mm, okay, bet. It's going. Done. Boom. All right. I Let's see go. Hey, I don't care if it's legal or not. I'm yeah. li- I live life my own way. There you go. Hey, nobody said anything, though. No, nah, I know what you're thinking, though. That guy's a wild card. And you know you're what? Crazy, you're right. Man. You're cra- I'm crazy. All right, well, this is what we do here at the end of the old deal, where we go around and take a take. And But I, before that, I want to tell you a segment we didn't do. Eddie suggested to me privately, let's do Who Would You Cut from the Podcast. Now, why wow. did you think this would be a good segment? Because it's the time of year when teams are looking who to cut. Like, preseason's over. They kind of looked at everything and being like, all right, we got to get rid of. I mean, it's a tough decision. They have to do it every single year. So I'm saying, what? Look around. Who would you cut out of us in here in the studio? Hilarious. We don't have, we don't have a roster limit. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, hypothetically. Like, just so Just we- for suggesting this segment, you. <laughs> yeah. There you go. And that's the end of the segment. Wow. Who would we cut? All right. Yes. <laughs> All right, ending thoughts. Everybody, I need your big opinion. Let's go to Adam Hambrick. Oh, man, my opinion has to do with Texas A&M. I'm on a Texas A&M kick today. Um, I'm, I just cannot get my head around why the expectation coming on Texas A&M is what it is going into this fall. Uh, all these all these kids, five-star kids, um, they got incredible recruiting class, incredible job. Um, but all these kids aren't going to step onto the field this fall and make a difference they still haven't announced a starting quarterback as of the as of the recording of this podcast. I don't know what they're going to be. I don't know how they can justify uh, that ranking, um, showing what they've uh, doing what they did last year, and then starting this year where they are. Um, so Texas A&M, you got a lot to prove. Uh, we'll talk to Brandon Marcello next week. We'll ask him about that specifically. That's it. They just had a high. Re- I mean, not a high. The best of all time. Yeah, recruiting for class. Sure. Yeah, uh, but it's to, also it's not totally basketball. Understand. It's also not basketball. Right. If you do that in basketball, you probably go pretty freaking far because it's five kids and that's much more of an individual sport that's athleticism of basketball football you got to depend on everybody yeah you know so i agree they could win nine games i think yeah i think they can win nine games legit 
but that would be a good year for them, I, I do believe. Do these teams that don't announce quarterbacks, do they know who their quarterback is and just choose not to announce? Oh, yeah. Or are they for really the most, struggling? No, for the most part, okay. they do. That's what it gives you an advantage over the other team, too. That's they why Cincinnati's not yeah. announcing their quarterback for Arkansas right okay. now. Do they probably know? Yeah. yeah. Okay. If they didn't, what the crap? Yeah. Coach, yeah. Like, you're really Coach go out to the field and watch something. <laughs> Figure like, you out, wake up man. the morning of the game, hey, you're starting today. Hey, who am I quarterbacks again? Yeah, yeah. Holy crap. Uh, okay, thank you, Adam. Kick off Kevin, your final big opinion. Uh, Ricky Williams was recently on a podcast called My Other Passion, and he was talking about NIL deals, and he had an interesting take on it. He was saying that the p- players shouldn't be able to get paid until after they graduate. He was basically saying, Like a hey, trust? Yeah, like you can get your deal, no problem, you get your money, but you have to still keep like the integrity of going to school, working towards something, keep the passion. He was just saying that he was afraid that the passion was kind of going to get lost in it. That's old folk talk, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, well, he's kind of older. Yeah, that's old folk talk. That's yeah. funny to hear that that's him. But it's, I think, I just thought that was a cool like way of going about it. Hey, still handle your business, and you'll get your money. That's uh, kind of the way it works. Yeah, that ain't the American way, though. <laughs> it is not kind of how it works, except this one awful organization called the NCAA. That's the only reason it's not how it works. I can subscribe to that a bit, where I think that he has some... But, boy, you're not paying them to go to school. Yeah. You're literally paying them for their name, image, or likeness. That's the problem. Now, I think if when there are regulations, if you want to make sure they go to class to get the money that they're owed right then, like if there's that, like you get paid every week of the deal. Let's say I make a deal for 100 bucks with KJ Jefferson, the University of Arkansas. I haven't. I don't plan on doing a deal with KJ Jefferson. Love him, but I, I'm not in contact with his folks at all. Mm-hmm. And it's say 100 bucks, KJ Jefferson. Okay, every week it's 10 bucks at you for 10 weeks. All you have to do is go to class, and then once you do and you, you don't miss class, the school says it's in a trust, and the school pays you out weekly. I could see something like that happening. Yeah, that sounds cool. But if you're doing the work, you deserve to be paid for your work while you're doing the work. Why is this the only place where people are like, I don't think people should get paid for the work they do until they get older? What the? F- no. <laughs> yeah. This is America. I, I think, too, there's there's something about college football that's always been awesome. It's like the romanticism. Like, everybody loves that our boys play for us and like our boys play for also stupid also stupid it it might it might be but that's one of the inspiring like really cool things that's like the human element of college they don't even live where you live they're not even from the same town or state for the most part (laughs) totally but that's what that's what people fell in love with college football in like the 50s and the 60s when like it first started really becoming a thing and that's what that's what people miss and that's what people feel like the human element element is and going away. the tradition away. of the, the college tradition, football. Yeah. Like, like you were saying recently, we hate change, right? People it's, were getting paid then logical. too. Yeah, People I, were just getting lied to more. You know what yeah. I miss? Getting lied to. <laughs> That's what they're saying. Yeah, yeah. It's I a little miss, bit of Santa Claus, I right? I miss the love and, and the real, the old folk feel of getting lied to yeah. every day. Yeah. Every <laughs> Saturday <laughs> thinking these guys were doing it for tradition. Yeah. Bull crap. Yeah. They get paid by a scholarship and by, and they used to get paid all the time by folks just being like, hey, there's an envelope on your doorstep. Uh-huh. Yep. Hey, there's a new bag. Yep. It's a car. Don't, were, don't know where it came from, but hey. They were probably getting paid more then than they are now, if we're being yeah. honest yeah, about and it. And they weren't getting taxed for it, probably. Yep. <laughs> so I, I understand why he would say that. And I hate being the one older guy that is like, you know, cool, Gen Z, you know? Yeah. <laughs> kind of what I am. Uh, but I get it. I know why I'd say that. That was him and his day. Right. You should feel like, yeah. I mean, I, like, I still like the music from my day. You know why? Because in my day... That's what formed and shaped me. Yeah. And with Ricky Williams, it's NIL deals after you've done the work and weed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lots, lots of that. Mm-hmm. Eddie? Yeah, the Cowboys have found a star. It's unbelievable. Sometimes you just get lucky and you're like, wow, where did this guy come from? But 
And last game, preseason game, Chargers oh, Cowboys. Oh, God, not a preseason star. <laughs> we just talked Turpin. about this. Guys, he came out of nowhere. He returned a, a like a 90-yard kickoff for a touchdown. Amazing. The next punt, he returns that for another touchdown. Unstoppable. Dude, he looks so good. And now I read that the Cowboys are looking at, he's he's starting to do reps with the starting offense now. So now we may be looking at be looking at what? Wide receiver number three, number four here, Cavante Turpin. And this dude is Draft amazing. Him. No, 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 no. I know but, you guys but, did an auction fantasy. You could have gone no, for like no, a buck. No, 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 no. Not yet. That's let, your let, guy. Let me see where he is next I always week. jump on your guy early. Yeah. That way, when everybody else is trying to get him, you're like... Did anyone else see this guy play? Yeah. Yes. Amazing. Bones, this guy's going to be a star. That's why I can't watch preseason, because I'm him. I'm Eddie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm Eddie. <laughs> Eddie's second round drafting him. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that... You're stupid. I'm saying that I'm stupid like you, yeah. and that's why I can't watch preseason. Well, you know, as a Cowboys fan, I'm a little worried because, you know, you got uh, C.D. Lamb as your number one, and then, you know, you're like, what do we – Michael Gallup's hurt. Uh, you're looking at a couple other ones. So when you see a star like this shine in preseason and you read that the Cowboys are taking some interest in him and looking, obviously, to keep him and now doing reps with the offense, I'm like, guys – Problem solved. Here we go. I like I love, it. I, I like everybody gets made fun of for their opinions. Every single person. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody just I, I expect it. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. No, that's, yeah. that's it. Uh, I'll go with mine, especially you guys doing fantasy. Let's say you don't take a quarterback in the first five or six rounds. Uh, Jalen Hurts is going to be so good this year. That's I'm, what I hear. I'm not going to draft him because I don't. It's Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts is going to be so good this year because he's got AJ Brown, Quez, Devonta Smith. Yeah, he already is. He was playing last year with almost no weapons. A young Devontas who was having to spend the first half of the year figuring it out. I, I think how Jalen Hurts runs, which he'll run a little less. He's not a big. He's like Lamar in like size wise, because he's not a huge. Trey Lance is a big, bigger dude, like big, thicker, yeah, more huge. muscular dude. I think Jalen Hurts is a guy you could probably get twelfth round and hold and put in, and if. You have another really good quarterback. You could probably trade that really good quarterback later for, for another good player for your team. But I would take Jalen Hurts. I just hate saying that to you guys because you're all on my, three of you are on my league. I mean, all leagues are different, right? But last night during our our draft in one of my leagues, he went undrafted. Right. And so I'd he, scoop him. He could, yeah, and, and hold him because I think that his potential is really high. I agree because of all the weapons that he has in Philadelphia. All right, that's what's up. I need to pick who. It, I give the whistle of the show to, and this time I'm going to go with Mike D. And I'm going to tell you why, Mike D. Because when we asked you how far you could throw a football, <laughs> he was honest. You didn't imagine the size of your ding dong. No, no, you didn't. You didn't look at it and go, "I'm going to just say it's a lot bigger than it is." You said, "What's a football?" And you know what? For that, you get to blow the whistle. Today. Yeah. So Mike's going to blow the whistle. Don't forget, we appreciate DraftKings. They're the reason we're doing this. If you like the show, please follow. Please comment. It really does help us. Uh, next week on the show, Michael Rappaport, who you would know from, well, back in the day, Friends. TikTok, man. Only Murders in the Building. <laughs> Massive role on Only Murders. I watched yeah. the finale, by the way. Anybody watch the finale? Nope. Not yet. Not yet. You guys aren't there? Uh, also, TikTok and comedy and everything. Uh, Real Housewives. I show Caitlin, and she goes, I know him from Real Housewives. Like, He's on the show? He's like, no, he comments on it. He's on Bravo. Oh, he does? All the time talking about <laughs> it. That's awesome. So Michael Rappaport will be on next week, and Brandon Marcello from 24-7 Sports. And that's it. And Mike, blow us. Oh, oh wait, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I was for you to ask Hold on, hold on, hold on. Mike, if you'll blow the whistle, we'll get out of here. There it is. See you next time, everybody. <laughs> Theme song written by me, Bobby Bones, and performed by Brandon Ray. 
Brandon's an awesome artist. Follow Brandon on socials at Brandon Ray Music. Thanks to our guests and thanks to our crew. My co-host, Adam Hambrick, at Adam Hambrick. Our segment producer, at Kickoff Kevin. Our video producer, at Producer Eddie. Head producer, at Mike Distro. Most importantly, thank you for listening. I'm Bobby Bones, and we will talk to you next week on 25 Whistles.